Welcome to the Travel Stories Podcast, where we bring you immersive, inspiring, and international travel stories of freedom and adventure from travelers around the world. Here is your host, Hayden Lee. Hello, welcome to the last episode of Season 3 of the Travel Stories Podcast. Today is question and answer. Thank you to everyone who sent your questions in, and today we'll be going through the ones where people said yes to having them answered on the show. Now, one of these people will win a Grail Ultralight Purifier. So, let's just get straight into it, shall we? Today, I have with me Cody, our wonderful composer, and Nicole, our amazing writer. Nicole, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Just working to working to live. <laughs> working to live, not living to work, I hope. Not living to work, I hope. No. Nice. Cody, how you doing? Pretty good. Music, etc. That's basically it. <laughs> That's, uh, Great summation. Those are all the words Cody knows. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Are we all looking forward to season four? The next episode will be the first episode of season four. Are we all looking forward to it? Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. This is going to be a good one for sure. I can feel it's it. going to be great. It's We're starting this new thing where each season we're going to be adding a few more things, taking a few things away, and really getting down to, I don't know, making it the best it can be. You know, I'm really excited about it. Me too. Yes. Nice. So today we'll be heading into the Q&A. We've got a bunch of questions come in. And uh, as you know, the listeners had an option of whether to have their question read out on the show or whether their question should just be answered, whether they just legitimately wanted an answer. So these are the questions from people that wanted them out on the show with the chance to win a Grail Ultralight Purifier. And we've got a few of them to get through. You guys ready? Uh, Indeed, I'm really excited. We don't actually know these. Nicole and I, at least, have not seen these. So just FYI. And like for me, I've I've kind of read them through once, but not really thought about them. So it's I'm really going for off the top of my head, you know. Discussion. <laughs> it's gonna be, I like that. Yeah, a bit of a test, a bit of a test. I hope none <laughs> of them stump me. That wouldn't be that fun. But let's go <laughs> into it. That. So, <laughs> yeah. So, firstly, we have from Chris Williams. What would you say is the best way to engage in conversation to overcome lack of social skills whilst traveling throughout a completely foreign land now immediately i'm gonna throw this to you guys what do you guys think anyone get any thoughts actually yes because i had to do that exact same thing when i was in mexico oh my god Um, did you go to mexico (laughs) (laughs) that is so i've i have one experience okay let me milk it (laughs) but really though this this is probably more applicable than most things because that is literally what i did as like as a missionary our entire job was just to talk to everybody. So like, I would just have to walk up to somebody and be like, Hey, do you know about Jesus? Like, (laughs) so, I mean, if you can, if I can conjure up a conversation about Jesus out of thin air, you can, you know, talk about what's, you know, the local stuff. I mean, that's, that's nothing compared to that. But I mean, I'm not the most like outgoing. I, I feel like I'm an extrovert, but in a way that I get really like nervous talking to people. And so for me, it's all about just ignoring that. Like something inside you says, do not go talk to them. They'll think you're weird. They won't understand the language you're speaking. And you just have to just push through that a few times. And then you start, I think you start to realize, wait, this isn't so bad. And they don't think I'm that weird and they'll, they'll help be very helpful. So that would be my advice. Just do it. I know it's terrible advice, but 
It's like, yeah, that's what I would, that's what I did, and it works. Well, man, that's what Nike say, and you know, Nike can't be wrong. You know, just do it, just get out there and do it. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that's what they were talking about, talking to people in foreign lands. <laughs> Nicole, any thoughts on that one? I definitely. What helps me the most, I think, in situations like that is remembering that other people aren't thinking about you on a normal basis mm. which sounds weird but like mm. whenever you're you're like oh my god they're gonna they're not gonna like this what they're gonna be watching me and people are gonna think i'm weird but everyone is thinking kind of the same thing because everyone's got their own stuff going on and <laughs> so they're probably just thinking the same thing you are and they're not gonna be that concerned about you i like that <laughs> yeah. that's a get really over yourself point. yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> that's a super good point it's like you know if you're kind of uh if you're a bit worried about what your hair looks like that day no one else is thinking that it's yeah. really just in your head but the thing is you thinking about that so if we go with this hair analogy you thinking about that will make you so will, will just make you think about it more and then that'll come out in what you say and how you act and everything and that is exactly the same as when it goes to talking to people in foreign countries you know if you're if you're kind of nervous about it if you if you don't know how they're going to react then then as you say it will come out that way and for me it's like I, I don't think it's different when it comes to traveling or just being, you know, in the city that you live in or the town that you live in. I mean, I talk to everyone. And that is, I mean, I guess my advice here would be to, <laughs> it's Cody's advice, just do it, right? And uh, the way I came to this was just starting to, just starting to ask people questions when there's a bit of lull. Okay, here's, here's an example, right? I was at the hospital the other day, right? So I broke my foot. That's an entirely different story, but I was at the hospital, right? And I was getting something from the cafe, right? And this woman, she'd been there all day long. And she was just, she was, she didn't want to be there, right? She didn't want to be there. And I was like, uh, I, you know, I said, how much is that? She goes, it's however much it was. And it was, it was so low. There was, it was just, right, we want to get through this transaction and that's it. And then just as I was handing over the money, I said, how's your day going? And then the, the everything changed. She smiled and she goes, oh, well, you know, I was like, yeah, I know, you know, how long you got left? And she's like, a couple of hours. I'm like, well, that's all right. Then what are you doing tonight? And not in that way. And, and, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so from that, it just completely changed it. And all it was, was just finding that opening question. I think opening questions are important. It was just, how's your day going? That's it. How is your day yeah. going? That just completely opened it up. And Henry Rollins said, people ask him, why are you here? And his response is always, I'm here to meet you. And they always smile. And then that just opens it up. So I reckon have a good opener and just do it. I yeah. love that. I love that. I'm here. How could you not smile at that? That's like awesome. <laughs> it's great. I absolutely love it. Right. Let's move on to the next one. We have one from Pete James. He says, love the show. Thank you very much, Pete. Question about the tools you have come across to discover and collect travel inspiration. I often find travel blogs and have loads of great info about destinations and I copy the interesting information I find into a messy document and a bookmarks folder knowing that someday I will visit. There must be a better way. How do you collect and organize your travel bucket list and awesome content you find online? Now, I've immediately got an answer for this one. I don't know whether it's the same for you guys. But for me, Evernote. Evernote is the way, right? So, like, when he's coming to uh, bookmark, he said he's got a bookmarks folder, right? So, 
with bookmarks, you can just get them straight into your Evernote. You just click a, if you're on Chrome or Safari or whatever, you just click a thing, save to Evernote, it's there, right? You can tag it with travel, you can tag it with India, you can, you know, organize all your tags. And it's the same with with blogs, or you can just copy a bit of text and put that in a document in Mm. Evernote. And that is, I think, the best way to organize anything. And a travel bucket list that is... I reckon the best way to do it. So for you guys, I mean, you guys are students, right? You're in the student kind of lifestyle. You must have an awesome way to organize all of your notes, organize your research and everything like that. What do you guys think? Evernote. Hey. I use, I use Evernote too. Nice. <laughs> Nicole, yeah. what about you? I use Google Drive, actually. That's, where that's really good too. Yeah, yeah, that's where all my everything goes in. Ah, no way. Okay, so how how does Google Drive work? Kind of when so say for example you go on a website and you think, man, this entire web page is perfect. Can you like save the web page to Google Drive? I would probably uh, put the link just in a document because mm. I like because you can um, what's it hyperlink text. So I'd be like, here's yeah. my research and like here's like if i was like looking up something for like the paper i was just working on like here's this information about london and then i'd hyperlink that to that page well you know you also have google keep which is kind of like the um the sticky note version of evernote um where it's just basically you can make checklists and just stick stuff on it looks like a bunch of sticky notes and there's an an extension where you can just right click a page and hit, hit save to google keep and it will just bookmark that or it won't it'll just give like that link and it'll put it on a sticky note and keep so that's good too i like to use that as well no way that's awesome and it's kind of it's one of those situations where things always have tags you know even even the mac operating system has it you can tag Mm -hmm. you know documents or files and stuff and i'm like when will i ever use that but when it comes to something like a travel bucket list or something like that tags I reckon I'd use them because then you can tag something South America and then you can tag oh, something nice. Asia, something like that. And then you can just open, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know how to use it, but you just open the tag and then see everything for South America, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's, yeah awesome. that's a really good idea. I like it. I like it. So I hope that's that helps good. you, Pete. Yeah, let us know how you go on with that, which one you choose. We've got a battle going on here between Evernote and Google Drive. <laughs> I use both, so, so I'm, I'm neutral here. You're Switzerland. <laughs> nice right then this next one is not really a question but it's something that came in that i thought was important so um we're gonna bring it in and it's from someone called either yan or jan i I only or yan well that's yan in a different accent but (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) but i only have a first name and i have no constant context as to gender so yan or jan i am sorry because i've said both so i'm wrong either way Right. So, Yano Jan says, hello, Travel Stories team. I just listened to an episode of your podcast. I wanted to give you quick feedback to a topic which I think is very important. Sean White had mentioned in the podcast, episode 10 from season two, that he went to Iceland and drove off the main roads to find this cool place in the mountains. That was a great episode about Iceland. And then uh, because he was actually talking when he was his story was from the Alps. But when we were talking in the interview, he was talking about Iceland and he went to these isolated places. And that's where that's where he found the true Iceland and things like that. So Jan slash Jan continues. I just came back from a trip to Iceland as well. And as I was traveling through the country, I saw a lot of trails that led from the main road into untouched nature. These scars do much damage to the surface because the ground on Iceland is very soft and mushy due to its porous volcano stones and ashes. It takes decades to heal, and as you can see, these trails 
very clearly, even after many years. There are actually brochures in every tourist information center in Iceland telling you not to drive off-road. I also found amazing and impressive spots in Iceland while staying on the main roads. And yes, I know tourists can be very annoying and can ruin this I am alone in the mountains feeling, but there is a reason that these tourist spots exist. To protect nature from everybody trampling over untouched nature and leave behind human footprints. He slash she goes on to say... In 2010, there were about 480,000 tourists. Today, the number has increased to 1.7 million people. That's an incredible increase. So, yeah, that's incredible. So you can see it's very important to protect this unique landscape as it is, as more and more tourists come to this place. Because the images of these tracks are still fresh in my mind, I wanted to tell you about this. Keep on traveling. Your podcast is very entertaining. I think that's a really important issue that they've brought up. I really do. Like, that is an amazing number. In 2010, there were 480,000 tourists, and now it's 1.7 million. That's What I mean, the heck happened between then and now? It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's like, got to be... Yeah. Frozen came out. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> but, I mean, that is... Uh, like, they're, they're completely onto a point there where you've got these places where they are, you know, off the trail. and But when it comes to a place like like Iceland do you want to do you want to go over that um over that over those trails and like you said kind of in a way ruin the the untouched nature to have that feeling you know to to just get that feeling maybe it's a little bit of a is it a little bit of a selfish kind of kind of act to do that if you're thinking about it environmentally what do you guys think hmm. yeah i mean i maybe, think so little, if you yeah. think about it environmentally mm. instead of you know, like travel guru eyes. <laughs> yeah. Because they are I, definitely blocked yeah. off for that reason. Mm. And for safety Not to mention that no one else can enjoy that same thing that you just enjoyed in that same way. And I think that's probably the appeal of it. And that's why people do it in the first place. But yeah, that's that's true. I mean, the if if we start doing things like that, then soon there won't be anything but those tourist paths you know so i think that's i'm really glad someone brought this up because that's that's a really important thing to to mention it really is and i think there's there's a few things where it's the kind of travel things that people do and they get a photo of and a lot of them i i kind of well i don't say anything but i just kind of you know I shut it down. I'm like, no, nah, that's that's not for me. Stuff like, you know, riding elephants or, you know, mm. taking a picture with a with a sedated tiger. All of those things, uh, especially when it comes to animals, for me, it's like, that's it's kind of not my scene. You know what I mean? It's yeah, you know, that, and that's true. Now that you say that, I've never seen like I've never seen like a picture of you like with a like a exotic animal or something like that. Even like <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, that tiger doesn't want to be there, the elephant does not want to be there, and it goes, it, it really does go with this, with the Iceland thing. I mean, that that nature that's all around there and the, the ground that, like he says, can get ruined with all the people going mm-hmm. through it. I mean, it's uh, it's a, a step away from um, from building on it, you know, walking on it and going on it, and it's completely untouched. I mean, it's it's on the same path as just going there and building a house on it. It's like... I don't know. I completely, I can completely see where they're coming from with this. Definitely, like not leaving a footprint yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's kind of being a, being a steward to the, of the world, I suppose. You know. I was a Boy Scout when I was a kid, and they always said, you know, that whole leave no trace, like make it look better than you found it, 
when you when you get there when you go camping or whatever if you see some garbage that's not yours just pack that out that way you know it, it's a little bit better than than you left it and i realize that kind of stuff is like small um but i mean if everybody does that that's like that would really really add up i mean 1.5 million how much was it 1.5 million tourists 1. 1.7 1.7 so if every single one of those people I mean, did one small thing to make it look better than it was when they arrived. I mean, that would make a huge, huge difference. Yes, that's absolutely right. And the people, people that are able to travel, we kind of have the privilege and the to have the ability to travel. It's something that, you know, not that we're given, but that we're sometimes we're born into it. Sometimes we've worked for it, and whatever the reason, we have the privilege of the ability to travel. And I think we should use that wisely and not selfishly. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And yeah. so when we when we visit a place, it's not to on one end of the spectrum, it's not to go there and get a picture with a tiger that's sedated. It's maybe to go there and as you leave, do something to help out the the wildlife there. You know what I mean? It's it's using that ability that you have and the power that you have because you're able to visit there and you have maybe you have funds, maybe you have other things and that give you the power to do something good for those cultures. It makes it much more of a selfless kind of journey, you know? I like that, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So thank you so much, Jan slash Jan, for that um for that comment. Really, uh, really enjoyed that and it really made me think about a few things differently. So that's great. Thank you very much for that. The next one is from Lakshmi. I'm gonna ruin this name, Lakshmi Pralad. We're gonna go with that. We're going to go with that. (laughs) I do apologize. I've I've talked to her before. She's an amazing person. She says, someone said, traveling is about finding those things you never knew you were looking for. This quote always gets me thinking in what ways travel has changed me and what I have gained, which I never thought I would. Travel gets us access to so many different cultures, interactions with beautiful humans across the globe, traditions, and many more things. I would like to know your perspective on the quote and maybe share some experience through your travels. And I must say, your way of connecting to the listeners, big fan of your voice. Well, <laughs> well thank you very much. <laughs> and then she said a couple of things about you guys. It's really not that important. <laughs> no, she says... <laughs> <laughs> she says, your way of connecting to the listeners, Cody's background scores and Nicole's writing is just amazing. You guys are awesome. Oh, Loving Aww. that. Loving that. That's so nice. Well, first off, thank you so much for the compliments. It yeah. fuels us. We are fueled <laughs> by compliments. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> now, um, I'll go first with this one, I think. I've got something loaded, right? So for me, well, for many people, I think travel gives a sense of perspective you know especially people from like we were talking about before people from developed countries it gives you this lens of this is what some people's lives are like it really drills home like the perspective and you can take this and run with it changing your life however you see fit depending on the mindset shift that you just had now I'm not the world's biggest empath. That's that's a fault of mine, but I always I did always carry this perspective. I always kind of the gratitude of having food and water readily available and being privileged enough to do things like travel or start a podcast. And I know that the majority can't do it. So for me, it was seeing people with not just far less than I have, but less ability to do, see or or expand as I'm able to. And the key was seeing how happy they are, right? The Mm -hmm. happiest people I've ever seen were in Vietnam. 
I forget the place. It was in the middle of nowhere, right? But I was walking around and I briefly saw inside this house, there were about like 10 people. It was a family sitting around this mat on the floor, passing around food that they'd harvest themselves, all smiling, all laughing. They didn't have the new iPhone. They weren't earning a hundred grand a year. They had everything they needed. And I've said it before, perfection is when nothing else can be taken away. And for me, that was a feeling and a realization that I found that I didn't know I was looking for. And I've taken that with me. So that's what I would say about that quote. And it is a fantastic quote. It really, really is. What do you guys think? I think I would say that it reminds me that like everybody, regardless of their culture, regardless of their language or who they are or anything else is just like you. Like they know people and they have lives and they have jobs and things that they're doing. And it just kind of grounds you in humanity as opposed to like, the lines between cultures, you know? Mm, yeah, so it kind of brings you together, yeah. Yeah, I feel like everybody knows that on some level. Yeah. But unless you actually go into another culture or see people, like, for lack of a better word, like, in their native habitat, like, where they where they live, where they've grown up, that really gives you a whole new perspective on how somebody could live in a, a world that's different than yours. And I feel yeah. like, like I said, everybody knows that on some level that that's possible, but until you really see it, it's just not the same. It's just different. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I think before you, before you go there, before you read about them, before you research about places or whatever, it's just, the country is just a word. I mean, it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, if you think yeah. about somewhere like Mexico, it's like, as soon as you say Mexico, these thoughts jump into your head. Well, it's a different country. It's behind this line. So it's a different country and these people live that way. But do they? <laughs> you know? And yeah. then, uh, and then the immediate thing there is with, if you're saying these people, these people live that way, you're immediately saying these people are different to me and my people. You know what I mean? There's a bit of a, a disconnect yeah. there. It's really strange. But like you say, if you if you go there or you read about them or anything like that, exactly like you said, Nicole, you, you realize that they're people. You know what I mean? It sounds yeah. really strange to say. Because, like, but... like I said, because everybody knows that. Like if you said, are Mexicans people? No one would go, no. I mean, I'm sure someone would and they're awful. But my point is like, no one really thinks that they're like that different. It's just that experiencing it really just kind of finishes it off. It makes you go, oh, this is an actual valid way to live. And it's not just me. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah, that's absolutely right. It gives you more of a global perspective in a way, you know, yeah. it kind of, it, I don't know, they say travel opens your mind that I really think it does, man. That, I mean, the cliches are cliches for a reason. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Right. This next question is from Tom Griffiths. He says, hey, guys, love the show. It must take a lot to put the episodes together, and I love that. I'm just going to stop there for a sec. It does. I'm just going to answer that one. It does. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> yep. That's why we there's do quite three a bit of us. to put them together. That's it. Yeah. He goes on to say, even though I do like to travel, my question isn't actually about travel. I'm an aspiring composer, and oh, I love what ooh. Cody does on the show. My question is, does he compose a new bit of music each week for the show, or does he have a library of past compositions he's using, and how does he know what type of music to write? So I guess that's a few questions in one. We'll start with, does he compose a new bit of music uh, each week for the show? Yes, he does. Every week. <laughs> That's yeah, it's it's completely um, tailored to this to the story uh, every single week. I listen to the story and 
Well, I guess I'll just dive right into the other one. How do I know what music to write? Um, this is actually a really cool experience for me to be able to work on this podcast because so if you've read my my bio on the website um i actually want to be a film composer i've done a few kind of smaller projects but nothing too um too big and then hayden contacted me uh this summer and he said hey you know i'm doing this podcast and he kind of told me a little about what it was about and stuff. And as I started doing it, I realized this is like the perfect thing. This is like movie composer boot camp, basically. Um, because every week he gives me a story that sometimes has like, it's just different emotions. And then I have to take those emotions and then tie them in with, you know, where did this story take place? Was it in Mexico? Was it in England? Was it in Mongolia? And I can... I can just take those certain sounds from instruments found in that country, from the cultural uh, music that's there, and just put that in there and make you feel a little bit like you're kind of standing somewhere nearby. And I do think it's really it's it's really neat because that's I mean that's how I know what type of music to write because really every single week it's like I get a series of emotions and a story and a place. And really, what more could you possibly want to um, to write music uh, in that in that way? Uh, could you remind me of the other parts of this, that question? It's kind of a long one. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, he also said, um, does Cody compose a new bit of music for each week for the show? Or does he have a library of past compositions that, you, that he's using? Are you kind of working off anything, you know, in your library? Anything like that? Definitely not. Every single week, it's like... The only thing that might come close to that is that I have an idea for something that I've just thought of a little bit. And then I just tie that idea into what I was doing. Because, I mean, you still need a melody. You still need chords. You still need harmony. And so sometimes if I have a good idea not related to that week's story, I'll just log it away. And then maybe something next week I could pull it in and work use it for. So interesting yeah. and what i like about it is like you said you've got because i mean compositions or composers rather work off cues you know so you've got the the emotional cue so this is a sad song this is a happy song and then you've got the the cue of like you said the location this is south american this is uh, asian this is whatever and then you've just got the way the story flows and the the kind of more than the emotion through it but the the crescendos, the peaks and the troughs and like everything that how it how it all flows. I love, man. I love how you put it all together, you know? It's yeah, really, and really a good. story a story is music. And that's why this works, because even if it's a short five, seven minute story, um, it's gonna have those peaks and it's gonna have moments that are feel rushed and moments that feel like it needs to be calm or moments that are scary. Those are perfect moments to you know, I, I usually add in my, the program that I work in logic, uh, I, there's these, there's, you can make like little markers. So the first time I listen through, I actually add a little marker where I think, okay, I'm going to do something here. I'm going to add it something here. And when I go back and listen through it, I can kind of line those up perfectly based on, you know, where those things happen. So it's definitely been different than I expected. I don't know what I thought this would be like, <laughs> but this is like, this has really been super good for me to just learn about different cultures. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've thought, what pieces are in a mariachi band? Or like, I'll have to go like, what, where are these instruments from? And I'll have to mm. do some research. So I've learned a lot about kind of ethnic music and world type 
music just based on trying to make it sound accurate. Mm, interesting, man. I love getting a, a kind of peek behind the curtain, of, <laughs> you know, behind the scenes, behind the music. Yeah. <laughs> behind the music. I love that, man. <laughs> yeah. Right then, our next one comes from Billy Chavez. He says, hello. My name's Billy, I'm 19 years old, and I'm a rock climber, hippie vegetarian. How good of an oh. intro is that? <laughs> Are you sure That's this amazing. wasn't just you and you changed your name? And yeah, I'm confused here. <laughs> yeah, it was me eight years ago. <laughs> he says, uh, I have plans for a trip to Bali, Indonesia, and I'm planning on leaving in October. So I got this question a while ago. Returning in January. All my life, I've felt this need for adventure, and that's the reason I'm going. But I have a problem. I recently got into a bad breakup with my first love. Now I'm slightly Aww. nervous to go alone. I know you say to travel alone is better. I'm just emotional and not sure what to do. First thoughts, Nicole? Have you been in a breakup before? I have been in a breakup before. Um, I see. I'm... And so did it kind of did it kind of put you off, I don't know, doing things that you would normally do with it, with that other person or did it kind of put you off doing anything altogether, you know? Yeah. It yeah, definitely did. My, I think my last big one was just like, I just kind of like didn't do anything for a few weeks. And then when I finally did, it's, it's a lot of like reestablishing who you are yourself, you know, because you've kind of grown into being yourself, but with another person. So you have like yourself, but also an extension of yourself because you always have to compromise with that person. Mm. So when you're mm -hmm. by yourself again, I think traveling would be a really good way to like kind of reaffirm who you are and rediscover who you are without yeah. another person attached to you. Especially that long. That's like, yeah. how long did, was that trip? Like three months? Yeah, October months? to January. Yeah. Yeah, right. long time. Well, hopefully they already figured out the answer to this question because <laughs> <laughs> they're already there right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Nicole, man, you're totally right. And like... It's it's something I it's something I talk about as well. Like when you're in a when you're in a relationship, people say I don't know whether they say it in the U.S., but they say here your your other half and your better half, and and you know it seems like your half of a whole. Yeah. And we all have those friends where it's like, hey, is uh, is Mike coming out tonight? But you'll never say that. You go, uh, are Mike and Carol coming. You know, it's it, Mike is now uh -huh. Mike and Carol. You know, and Carol is now Mike and Carol. And uh, and so when you're when you're in a relationship, you kind of sometimes you're half of a whole but then when you when you leave that relationship when that breaks up you can sometimes feel like you're still half and you're missing the other half to make you a whole but the mm -hmm. thing to realize is that everyone is obviously a whole person yeah. right and exactly yeah. how you said what other what better way is there to not only find out who you are, but create who you are and really go on, go on this mission and this journey to find out about yourself than traveling, yeah. especially in somewhere like Indonesia. I think you're totally right. Well, I my, the way I handle breakups and stuff like that, it's just more like I, get, I want to spite the fact that I even had a breakup and I'll be like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to go by myself even though I'm terrified. Like, <laughs> I get revenge on life itself. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not... I like that. I, <laughs> I'm not the best one to ask for this because I'm so the opposite of that. Like, even if I'm terrified, I'll be like, so what? I don't care. I mean, I'm going. <laughs> you can't I like stop that, me. man. I think that's good. That plays into the uh, the first answer of just do it. That's a way to, to just do it. That's a catalyst, man. I love it. 
<laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, breakups. Um, in fact, way back when, way back when, in season one, we did an episode about, or I did an episode. It was just me back then. I did an episode of uh, of how to handle breakups whilst traveling, or just before traveling, or so you know, to do with traveling. And um, a lot of people, a lot of people write me about that episode because it seems to seems to go into quite a few important important things about you know should i travel alone and not even just with travel and you know am i a whole person if i'm not with this other person and who am i if i'm not part of that that relationship and all these things and it kind of it answered a lot of those questions so i would say if if you've been in a breakup recently, if you're due to go through a breakup, I don't know what that, that would look like. But, <laughs> if it's um, your turn. Or anything. <laughs> yeah. Then I'd, I'd recommend going and have a, having a listen to that episode. It is, it is from quite a while ago. So excuse anything that is not as good as it is now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and throw some Adele on there too. You know, that'll help always. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, well... Well, I'm not a big fan. I of knew you were just going to put it out there. God. I'm going to put it out there. As soon as I mentioned the doll, I was like, "He's going to say no." I prefer this Norwegian funk metal band. <laughs> oh, I wish I knew some Norwegian funk funk metal bands. I yeah. bet there. I bet you anything, you'd hear one and be like, "Oh yeah, this is great." So much they only Adele. play banjos. <laughs> yes, that band needs to exist. If not, we need uh, to make it. No, <laughs> I refuse to be involved. <laughs> no, you have to. You have to be involved. Uh, <laughs> right, new for season four: Norwegian banjo metal <laughs> with bits of funk. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on to the penultimate question. This is from Mike Cowell. Just to let you know, your show is much appreciated. I am a Brit who moved to the U.S. in the '80s and haven't stopped traveling around the country. Congratulations on your move. <laughs> and uh why would you uh why would you think it's a good move no, I from, just, uh, I, i'm just uh, happy for uh, him really really it's, yeah. i don't know it's it's kind of what's the word um it's kind of like a demotion you know it's like <laughs> your boss calls you in he says listen mate you know <laughs> sorry but i've got this other job for you it's not quite as nice <laughs> it's not quite as good but let's do it <laughs> anyway sorry back to the question <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> my first job included many months driving a converted Winnebago to put on product presentations. I saw the U.S. at the grassroots level, often traveling with the local rep. The joke was that I would have to find a real job after this gig. Yes to going overseas and to visit and explore other countries, but there's a heck of a lot to see in the USA. Keep up a great show. Not strictly a question, but let's go into it anyway. He says that there's a heck of a lot to see in the USA. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> well, I will say, like, th- there's this thing that in the US that I just, I, do- I hear that it's just not a thing as much other in other countries where there's just, like, these local quirky things, like the world's biggest frying pan, this exit. Like, I don't know if that's a thing in everywhere else, but people have told me that's just not something that exists everywhere. And they'll just be yeah. like... On your way to when I drive to California, everybody knows if you stop in Baker, California, it's the world's largest thermometer. <laughs> like it's stuff like that. You Everyone just you knows. pull over to the side of the road, you take a picture. <laughs> like if you're if you drive from Utah to California, you have to pass it. So everybody knows that's like a thing. In Baker, there's the world's largest thermometer. But I think that's nice. like a local local quirks is like I don't is do you have you seen that in other places, Hayden, or is that kind of just a U.S. thing? Yeah, I've only seen it in one other place, and that's Australia. But it's not to it's not to really the same extent. So in Australia, it's like a 
it's kind of cool because they're linked. So you'll go, if you're going up the Bruce Highway up Queensland, right, you'll go past the biggest mango, but it's not real mango. It's like a, it's like a 20 foot high or 30 foot high kind of plastic mango, right? And it's <laughs> massive. And then if you go down again in Queensland, if you go down the Sunshine Coast, there's the biggest strawberry. And there's all these fruits and stuff, like <laughs> fruits and vegetable. And they, they just have a giant plastic one. <laughs> You know, that's so weird kind of a similar thing yeah yeah <laughs> but it makes well, sense because yeah it's just little quirks like we saw uh we, we my family drove to mount rushmore once when, a while ago mm. um the you know the mountain that the president's right anyway yeah. sorry just making sure you guys know that over there across the <laughs> pond um, <laughs> but, but uh so we drove there and we actually made a point to stop at a, a bunch of these weird like tourist attractions uh, oh my gosh we saw the weirdest stuff like there's a prison museum um where they taught you how to make brooms there was like um what was another one? Oh, the a jackalope which is that's that is the most american thing ever it's a jackrabbit with antelope ears or antelope antlers i don't know if that's like a legend that those exist or that's just like a thing i don't know but there's like there's a big plastic jackalope over there we saw shoes made of a uh, man's skin that was execu- executed nice. <laughs> it's like it's just really y- you can really see a lot of stuff that you wouldn't normally see if you just take the time to like stop off and stuff like that <laughs> nice yeah like with with countries like the usa and australia it's it's kind of like they're so big that they're like their own individual countries, especially in the states where you have the individual states. They're kind of yeah. like their own countries in a way, you know? Yeah, definitely. Like, definitely. That's it. You know if you're in Massachusetts, you know if you're in Utah, you know? And uh, California New- California and New York, yes, they have the similarities, but they're quite different. Yeah, <laughs> even though even though these, oh, yeah. like, they're these giant cities like L.A. And, and New York, like you feel different when you're in them. They just have this different vibe. Pe- the people are super different. Yeah. It's re- yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, and maybe it kind of goes back to what we were saying about people over the border in Mexico. They're just over a border and they live differently, but so are the people from Utah to California. So are the people from Nevada to California, you know? They're, exactly, they, yeah. they live differently and they're just over a border. Like, it's weird because half of me, the hippie side, is like, man, borders are just imaginary lines. But then, that's <laughs> probably more than half of me. But then the other, the other half is like... Yes, they're imaginary lines, but people and cultures, cultures especially, are different on, on either side of this imaginary line. Yeah. It's it's really strange. So, yes, like, I don't think that they can be discounted all that much. However much that half of me believes that they shouldn't exist, then I don't think that they can be, their importance can be as discounted as it is, you know? Yeah, I know yeah, what yeah. you mean. I noticed yeah. that in Mexico, too, like, different words, different food, different like sayings and just yeah big time it's the same thing there yeah it's a really really strange thing man really Mm -hmm. strange thing so on to the final question the final question of the show it is from nikola novakova my alter ego (laughs) that is one of the coolest names i've ever heard i believe from the there's acute accents on the a so i think novakova that's got to be czech republic Email me, tell me if I'm right. I assume I am. She says, love the podcast. Two exclamation marks. I'll take that. I'll take that. She says, I love travel and I love music. My question is, what's your favorite music to listen to when you're traveling? Great Mm. question. Great question. 
So you guys, what do you think? Travel music, music that makes you think of travel, makes you think of wonder, makes you think of personal growth, makes you think of connecting with other human beings. Music for that, what do you guys think? This is probably a more of a me thing than like a universal thing, but I tend to listen to a lot of like movie soundtracks and like Disney soundtracks when I travel. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Thank you, Cody. Is is that a slow clap I can hit? Very He's much slow so. clapping me. <laughs> <laughs> no way. So what type of what type of things? Which any any favorites? Um, I I've been truly listening to a lot of Disney right now. I've been listening to the Moana soundtrack a lot. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you're thinking about it like they a lot of them take place in all different places across the world. So they maybe do, yeah. if you're in that part of the world, listen to that soundtrack. That's a good idea. It's like the even like even the scores because they're on the soundtracks. They have like so much emotion put into them, and they have stories put into them, which I also very much like. And it just kind of. While it's also like encouraging like this expansion and this adventure and this story, it's also kind of like grounding me in myself and it's kind of like a comfort home thing. So while I'm traveling, I still have this part of myself with me. So it's kind of like twofold that. for me. That's like the perfect answer. No way. <laughs> so like, so you've got the you've got potentially the culture of the place that you're in, and then you've got the 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 kind of being as their soundtracks and they have stories behind them. You've got the emotional aspect of these uh, of these songs and this music, and then you've got the fact that it grounds you in yourself and it makes you think about yourself as a person. Man, I'm gonna start listening to Disney soundtracks. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend it. I never thought that sentence would come out of your mouth. I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> You know my you know my favorite? You gotta guess. What 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 do you think my favorite ever Disney song is? <laughs> Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. Uh that that does sound like me, but but no. Alright, I'm just gonna tell you. It is the one that Gaston sings in uh was he in Beauty and the Beast? Oh my god, wait. That is like, like his Gaston Gaston like villain song or his mob song? No one something like Gaston, no one. <laughs> Why does that <laughs> not like, surprise me? When I was a lad, I had one dozen eggs. Four dozen <laughs> like, eggs. You're selling them short, Hayden. <laughs> well, I only had one dozen eggs. So. <laughs> you have um, to respect Gaston. <laughs> he's great. I love the bit. He's like, I know I'm roughly the size of a barge. It's so good, man. <laughs> I've always thought if I'm, if I'm ever in that show, like the musical, I am the most LeFou kind of person <laughs> ever. And Which I hate it. The little guy, the Gaston's little sidekick guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the problem is, I can't escape it. That's me forever, and I there's nothing I can do about it. That's just that's who I am. Maybe Josh that's Gad amazing. in the role will bring you back some joy. In yeah, this maybe. Movie. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. I'm excited for that. I'm very excited. <laughs> He's admirable. Nice. <laughs> nice, loving it. Cody, music thoughts. <laughs> well, I would have said that same thing because the. A score's entire point is to emphasize emotions and to um, just kind of not take over the whole story, if that makes sense. It's to add to your experience. So if you listen to something like How to Train Your Dragon, the score to How to Train Your Dragon, that's just pure wonder. Like there's nothing, there's nothing Mm -hmm. else in there really. Um, But like if you find something, if you find a movie that makes you feel that, like listen to the score like check out the and of course us three are saying that like i think we're kind of biased towards scores more than the average three random people (laughs) um especially me obviously but um if you if you find a score that you like just remember those emotions that's what music does and the scores are specifically good for making you feel um 
that kind of feeling. Another one, another really good one to check out is Stardust. Ooh, Stardust. Is that a is that a film or? Have you never seen Stardust? <laughs> nah. I think it's you'd like fantastic. Stardust, Hayden. <laughs> yeah, it's really really good. Yeah. It's like one of those ones that just is super good, but it just slipped under the radar. Like no one really knows. Like I'll tell people all the time about it, and they've never heard of it or don't even. It has like tons of famous people in it. Robert De Niro. Um, it has what's her name, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, Charlie no Cox, who is yeah. the new Daredevil, who I love. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah. awesome. So yeah, you it's should awesome. check it out. <laughs> nice. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> At least the score. The score is amazing. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. See, now I feel like my answers aren't as good, right? <laughs> so he's like for me, I Bono. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a bit of YouTube, but uh, no. So for me, it's uh, it's two different categories, right? So the first would be music that's not kind of soundtracky that that has lyrics and that mm-hmm. is just general general music rock music pop music that type of thing so within that i'd go with i mean there's a few things i'd go with oh man there's loads actually um but now i suddenly can't think of any okay <laughs> i'll go with uh, there's an album by a band called reliant k that's reliant with an e and uh it's called Wait, Forget what the heck? And- I never thought in a million years you would know who Reliant K was. Yeah, what the hell? You, that's a, oh, yeah, they're a Christian band, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> no, not that. just that. It's just like, that's really random. That's like, <laughs> really? Okay. You know who Reliant K are? Yeah. Like, I, I listened to them when I was younger. Yeah, for sure. No way. Man, they used to be like a, a, a pop punk punk rock band. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, <laughs> really? The pieces are all there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not fighting you. I like them. I'm just saying that's really, <laughs> that really caught me off guard. No, Reliant K are amazing, right? And they have this one album called Forget and Not Slow Down. And uh, it's the one after Mm-hmm, which is also a great album. But it's very, for me, it epitomizes travel. There's one song called Savannah on there. Check that out. You'll know exactly what I mean. And so there's a bunch of stuff like that. Dave Matthews Band have a lot of good stuff on there for, for, for travel. The Proudest Monkey. Listen to that. That is pure travel. And then, yeah, there's a bunch more like that. But then on the other side of the coin... Right, is music like soundtrack music, but I, I kind of, I'm more like ambient music. There's very little lyrics, and even if there is, it's, you know. So I'm thinking of Sigur Ross, right? I mention them all the time, but they're an Icelandic band, and they're ambient and stuff like that. And if they do have lyrics, it's either Icelandic or made-up sounds. And there's this album called Tack, T-A double K. I believe it means thank you in like a bunch of languages. And uh, that album from start to finish is a complete game changer. If I could only have one album in the world for the rest of time, it is that album. Hands down, 100%, that album wow. kills it. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. And the, uh, in fact, the other one I've just remembered, Jeff Buckley, Grace. That album is exactly the same. Again, another traveling album. But this actually brings us to something that we're adding in season four. We're going to be adding... Thank you for the question, by the way, Nicola. So we're going to be adding our mail out. So you can subscribe to our email list and we'll have our travel picks, right? So favorite blog, favorite gadget of the week. And one of them is the travel music. So what we're going to do is we have a playlist, right, of all of these suggestions. So like we've been saying now, and each week, each one of us, me, Cody and Nicole, will put in a song that we believe is an excellent travel song, right? And each week in the mail out, we will link to the playlist and we will tell you the songs that each of us added that week. So that is going to be a whole lot of fun. That's going to be on the mail out. I'll tell you about that next week and the start of season four. That was our last question. Oh. That was fun. I enjoyed answering them very much. That, that was, was a lot of fun. fun. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Which brings us to one of these people. 
one of these people must win a grail ultralight purifier mm. back on episode 12 we had travis merrigan the ceo of grail and if you want to find out about the grail ultralight purifier you can go back on that and listen to it he'll tell you all about it so what do you guys think who should get it someone said they liked my writing <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, if we're going if we're going through that way, then definitely the composer guy. Um, no, yeah, this is mean. We're just we're like hang, leaving people hanging. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I like I like. Do you remember the one? Um, it was Lakshmi, and she brought in the the quote: "Travel is about finding those things you never knew what you were looking for." Uh huh. And man, that just really got me thinking, and like it just really, I don't know, it's really nice. I really enjoyed that question. What do you guys think? Should she get it? Congratulations. <laughs> I support you. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations, Lakshmi. You have won the Grail Ultralight Purifier. Please send us an email with your details and we'll get that over to you. So thank you so much for your questions. I had a lot of a lot of fun answering those. So we have a couple of new things, as I was saying. Firstly, we have the mail out, as I was saying before, and you have another chance to win a Grail Ultralight Purifier. So not only do you get a chance to win one if you send in the question, but also if you sign up to the mail out, you will also be entered to win another one. Another new thing we have for season four is the Facebook live sessions. So each episode that will air on the Monday will have a topic that we will be talking about with the guest. And on Tuesday, the following day at 7 p.m. GMT, 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific will be the Facebook live. It will be myself talking about the topic and fielding questions and fun stuff like that. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Head over to Facebook and search travel stories podcast to come and get involved in that guys thank you so much for coming on the show and answering questions for the listeners this was a lot of fun yeah i loved it yeah thanks for asking us questions (laughs) Yeah, guys thank you so much for asking those questions and thank you for listening to season three of the travel stories podcast we will be back next week with the first episode of season four it's gonna be a lot of fun so we'll see you then thanks for listening guys Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Travel Stories podcast. Get in touch with Hayden on Twitter at Travel Stories UK or online at travelstoriespodcast.com where you can find all of the show notes and resources. Subscribe to the show to join us next time for another immersive, inspiring and international travel story on the Travel Stories Podcast.